Hello, everyone. Welcome. This is Michael, of course, from the RPG Academy podcast. And I'm here with a very special bonus sort of mini segment. This is going to be cut in at some point in our uh, Gen Con 2023 recap coverage. And I have the absolute pleasure of joining me tonight, Brandon. Brandon, say hello to everyone. Hey, everybody. So if anyone's been listening to my show for a while, you have probably heard me tell stories of Brandon. Whoa. Brandon doesn't listen, so he doesn't know what I've said about him. But basically, Brandon is the reason why I play D&D. And Brandon is the reason why I'm a DM for all that good and bad that that entails. Uh, we started playing D&D together when we were kids. And we played basically together through like, you know, most of grade school into high school, even into college a little bit. And then after we kind of moved apart, I think you kind of fell out of it. I think you, you maybe played a handful of times, but for the most part, you really haven't been, com you know, steadily playing for like 20 some years now, right? Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, I think maybe, maybe twice in the last 25 years or something. I mean, except for a recent, since we started playing again. Yes. But prior to that, yeah, I, I don't think I played for like 20, 25 years or so. Yeah, it had been a long time and just it it sort of, I moved back closer to home and we've kind of, I mean, we've always, you know, kept in touch, but we didn't do a lot together because of time and distance and everything. But um, since I've been back closer to where we both grew up and where we both live now, we've kind of made more of a concerted effort and we've started a monthly, big asterisk on that because we actually meet like every three or four months to play a game regularly together. And then just this past weekend uh, was Gen Con, I think 54, the 2023 Gen Con. I was telling you about it and you decided to come up and spend the day at Gen Con. And I just wanted to get kind of your impressions of it, both good and bad. You don't, you feel free to be honest. You don't have to give it glowing praise if it doesn't deserve it. I'm, you only saw a small part of it, but I've said on the show many times, Gen Con changed my life. Like, even though I continue to play role-playing games basically continuously uh, since we were kids, like, there were periods of times when I would stop and, you know, I might not play for a year or two, but for the most part, I play pretty continuously. But I would not tell anybody. Like, when we grew up together, like, you know, in the uh, late 80s, early 90s in Southeast Kentucky, I would never tell anyone that we played D&D that wasn't, like, already in my friend group. Certainly wouldn't tell girls. Because, you know, I, I was of the ignorant belief that girls didn't play. They did. They just didn't play with us. But as I grew up and got into, like, my professional career, I didn't want people to know I played role-playing games because I thought it would negatively impact how they viewed me. I thought it would negatively impact, how, you know, getting promotions and looked at for other jobs. And then when I went to Gen Con, which the first time now was about 12 years ago, I suddenly realized, like, no, I'm, I'm not alone. I'm, there's not this little solitary bubble of people. Like, this is something that a lot of people do. And I just had so much fun at that very first Gen Con that I truly say it changed my life. I went from never going to a convention ever to going to probably four or five every year and started my own. And I don't think Gen Con had the same impact on you, but I wanted to get your just some quick words, thoughts, impressions of your first Gen Con. So just kind of start however you feel necessary. What did you think about your first Gen Con experience? Yeah, I mean, it's really interesting. Overall, I have a really good impression of. Gen Con. I mean, I didn't stay that long. I only signed up for a one-day pass, which I think was like 70 bucks or something like that. And then I got there the night before and saw a few things, but you really can't, uh, as you and I talked about, maybe discovered, you really can't get into things if you don't have the badge. So, you know, for anybody's <laughs> listening, you know, you can't expect to go early and 
see a few things without the appropriate badge. They don't let you yep. in. They are actually checking at the doors and they will turn you away if it's not the right badge. They totally turn me away from, uh, I, and when they first turned me away from, I, I guess, the uh, what you call the exhibits hall, I sort of thought this is really strange because um, the only thing I could possibly do in there would be to, to spend money, but that's not that's not true. When, once I finally got in there the next day, you and I walked through. Uh, no, there's a lot of people playing games. And so yeah. a lot of the seems like a lot of the conference maybe happens in that space. I mean, it seems like maybe there are people who only go to that space or maybe you told me that. There are definitely some people I know that spend a majority of their time and it's basically broken into like not half. It's more like uh, two thirds and a third of what is the what I, I refer to as the dealer's hall. And that's basically where you sell stuff. But they also have demonstrations of games and playtests happening. But then that other third is a lot of actual game playing. Uh, some of it's also demos. Of Other times it might be like a ticketed event where you play in like a Magic the Gathering tournament or you play in, uh, you know, scheduled events. But one is very much focused on selling stuff, but also kind of lets you play. And the other third is very much playing games, either demos or paying for them. I don't think they do a lot of sales in that third. But yeah, that's basically, and really that's the only place you can't go with a badge. Like if you just wander the hotels and that kind of thing. I, one year I had someone actually check my badge when I was in a ho- like one of the side hotels playing games. Out of the 12 years I've gone, that's happened one time. So you could have done... You could have met other people, played like a pickup game, but like ticketed events, especially the dealer hall, that's the thing they, they kind of control, you know, very closely. Yeah. And so the next day when I actually had the badge to go in, you and I this played, was Friday, which was Friday. You and I played a Marvel game together um, with a couple other people. And uh, I think there were five of us total. And I really enjoyed it. I mean, I thought it was a really fun experience. I actually don't have anything sort of negative to say about that experience. It was it, it was fun to see, you know, I haven't played with a lot of different DMs. I mean, you've sort of always been the DM when I've played. I think maybe I played with a couple other people back in the day. And so, you know, having another person run the game was sort of interesting. And all of the people I had talked to and that were participating in our game really friendly fun people um i thought it was great so but then and then the after that game was over which that marvel game i thought was really fun as well you bought the book and uh, hopefully we play a little bit of that at some point but um then we went to the what do you call it the dealer's hall and then walked yeah. through uh, and then after that i decided to leave and the only reason i decided to cut my day short was, um, you know, I tend to only be able to, it's a personal thing. I don't think it would relate to anybody else. I just, you know, after a few hours, I sort of lose interest and I want to go do something else. And so <laughs> I just don't have the tolerance for playing games all day. Yeah. But uh, it's not a reflection of that. And so I remember saying to you that day, I said, I'm not sure I'm going to come back to Gen Con. And I still believe that. And the reason I say that is because I think at this point, I would be more interested in going to the the con that you run because it's a little bit smaller. And oh, it's a lot smaller. <laughs> I mean, it's like a like a fifth the size. There's so many people at that yeah. uh, at Gen Con that it it was a little you know and overwhelming. I think it's still a little COVID kind of stuff. Yeah, 
it's like, man, this is way too many people. I got to get out of here. I mean, the, I really think that possibly they should do something a little different about the exhibit hall. They either need to double the size of it or they need to figure out like some, you know, if you're going north, you walk this lane. If you're going south, I don't know what it is, but it's a cattle market. I mean, it's just chaos in there. And, and so the thing for me, like, I don't particularly enjoy the dealer hall. Like uh, one of my friends, Rocky, who, who you met, we got to love Rocky. He, um, he can spend 12 hours at the dealer hall going table to table, trying new games, buying new games. Like he really, really enjoys that. I do not. I, I also have like sensory issues. Like I can get overwhelmed pretty easily. So I don't spend a lot of time in the dealer hall. Generally speaking, I go through it like one time beginning to end, if not necessarily in one trip, cut continuously, but over the course of the weekend, I'll hit like, you know, the first five aisles, the second five aisles type of a thing. But then after that, I target, I go, okay, I need booth 1728. I will go there. I'll buy something and then I'll leave because I can't stand to be in that room either. It just doesn't work for me, but I know people love it, but I wanted you to experience that because I know people that do love it. And it is kind of, I don't think it's Gen Con if you don't at least go in there. Uh, but for me, like what I do when I'm normally there is I generally avoid that place like the plague, even outside of COVID. It's probably a bad turn of phrase. Uh, but I do try not to go in there very much. I, I go to different hotels. I go. I play a lot of RPGs. I don't play very many board games. And and my basic priority is to play games I don't normally get to play in. Like I play D&D a lot. I love D&D. It's still one of, if not my favorite RPG. But I pretty much never play 5e at a Gen Con. I'm always playing the game that just came out or something like or there might be like getting to play with you. Like I would have played anything with you. I would have mm-hmm. played 5e with you if, if that's the only thing we could have done. Because to me, that was the experience, getting to share that with you. But for the most part, I try to play games I've never played before. And so each, each game is like a new sensory input. So I don't get that boredom of, oh, God, I've been here five days. It's like, no, this is my one four-hour game of this. And tomorrow is my four-hour game of that. So, you know, again, not telling you you need to come back. Though Obviously, you'd be welcome to hang out with us there. but you can. Uh, curate your own Gen Con experience mm-hmm. if you are interested in doing that. That's something we definitely could work together. But I also would love for you to come to my convention too. It is it is better for a convention that's like 600 people rather than 80,000 people, you know? You know, I definitely think for me personally, just being sort of a tourist, you know, uh, in the gaming world, I mean, I, I, I totally enjoy playing D&D um, in, in the Marvel game. And I bet there's any number of... Um, uh, RPGs that I would be into, um, but just sort of as a casual player, not that, not that, not that a lot of people at Gen Con aren't just casual players, but it was just like, whoa, this is a lot. I mean, it's even hard yeah. to decide what you want to play. And then yep. the bureaucracy of the structure, it's like you choose the wrong thing. Maybe you paid for a $2 game, whatever, which is what I did. Yep. And then I decided, well, you know, I don't think I can cross all of downtown Indianapolis and, three minutes. So maybe I picked the wrong thing because I wasn't thinking yeah. about the locations of things. Yep. Well, then you got to go get in line to get that $2 back. And I mean, serious, there was a moment where I was in that line thinking it's $2. I should totally right. just, but the problem is they won't let you enroll in anything at that time yep. because your schedule is full. So you have to go get that sort of wiped off. So anyway, there's a few little things, but you know, I think the thing that really resonated or the thing that really captured my imagination about it more than anything else though is that there are all these people who are willing to um, sort of get together and then pretend 
together, Mm -hmm. which is sort of kind of beautiful and magical in a way that like, you know, they're willing to just sit down and pretend that they're in a, that they're different people, that they're in some fantastical experience and that they're experiencing it all together. Even people as you and I did with the Marvel people, we don't know at all. I mean, we just sat down with somebody and there was a guy we played with who seemed to know everything there ever was to know about the Marvel universe. And it was just like, how is this? I mean, and it was great. I mean, just listening to his little thoughts and not his little thoughts, mm-hmm. but you know what I'm saying? His thoughts about right. little things. And uh, so anyway, that was great. The other thing that was interesting, just as an observation, is it seemed like, uh, you know, you and I, I think I've talked about this before, that uh, like the reason that there's so many comic book movies and there's so many movies that, sort of express what we were interested in when we were kids is because those people are now old enough to make the movies. Well, Gen Con had a different age than I expected. It it Mm. was my age. It was old gray beard people. (laughs) It wasn't kids. I mean, of course there are some kids there, plenty of kids, but there's a lot of middle-aged and old, like, like, like what you identify as, as an older person. There were a lot of those people. I mean, it was mm-hmm. the demographic was surprising and interesting in a way. That's yeah, that's it. Again, I'm I'm glad you brought that up because it, that is very true. I, you know, I will say I still haven't seen the official number. I'm sure it's come out. I've missed it, but the estimates I saw were anywhere between seventy and and eighty five thousand. Sorry, seventy and eighty five thousand unique attendees, and that generally means Saturday. Saturday is pretty much the busiest day, so it would have been less on Friday. The first year I went, I think it was in the upper 40s. So your first time at Gen Con was almost twice the size of my first Gen Con. And I definitely think that has an impact. You know, uh, my first experience in the dealer hall wasn't as chaotic and, you know, just as clawing as yours was. Uh, And that might have something to do with why it, you know, had such an impression on me that was a little bit different for you. But I'm glad, I really am glad you had a good time. Again, it was an absolute blast for me to get to play a game with you because we, we are back trying to play semi-regularly, but right now it's me, you, and Joe, so I'm running or you're running. Unless Joe decides to run, we're never going to get to play together, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that meant a lot to me. It really did. Like, uh, you know, I, I mean, I'm sure you know this, but I think of you as a, as a brother, actually more than that, because I don't really like my brother, the one I have, I kind of disowned him, uh, but you're as important to me as any person on this entire planet. Mm-hmm. And you know, RPGs is probably outside of my family, the thing that I care most about. Mm -hmm. Like I really am just hardcore into the process of running games, playing games, creating games. Uh, So to get to share that with you at this stage really meant a lot to me. So I just want to say thank you for coming up, man. Oh, well, thanks, man. I really appreciate it. I mean, yeah, I feel totally the same. I mean, we don't, we really have not gotten to, it's like we've, we've played together our whole lives, but we never really played together because you're always running it. I mean, you know, I'm a tourist and DMing. I mean, I've only DMed, you know, maybe two times, three times or something my whole life. Uh, And so, you know, I've always been a player or whatever, but uh, Mm -hmm. you know, the thing about when you were, when you were saying early on about our playing, I think the time that I think the most about from our history of playing was actually when we were in college and playing in the dorm room that you and I had together. Mm -hmm. But that was a, 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 Anyway, that was that was a, a fun game, a fun time to play the game, you know. Yeah, yeah. Now I I still re- remember those fondly. I still every now and then will bring up Zarathustra. You think he's listening? 
<laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Actually, I know he's not. He he says he's listening, but he's not because that's the story I always share where I'm trying to start the game. And he's like, oh, go ahead. I'm listening. And I go through like 15 minutes of like setup. And then I get to the part where I'm like, what do you want to do? And he's like, I'm sorry, I wasn't listening. Can you repeat that? And I wanted to just murder him. He was busy writing on his character sheet that he had a, an eye of newt and three pieces of dead grass in his pocket. And I mean, he was really into the yeah. minutia. I was saying it, did, it was a funny joke again, not to get into too much stories people don't care about, but uh, he, I remember he played an elf who was a cobbler. And he would go around telling everyone that only elves knew how to make shoes because they made shoes for like, you know, a thousand years. You can't expect a human who only lives to be 70 to learn how to make shoes. So he was just like a, a shoe snob because of his elf heritage. And I did think that was a funny little kind of quirk and trait to, to bring to a character, which again, and I've talked about this before, we were very insular. We basically played together. Me, mm -hmm. you, Brandon, or me, you, Joe, and Bill played as a group. And other than like maybe three times that we crossed over and played with uh, the Jordan brothers, it was us. So the way we played the game did not look like what anyone else did. Like we, we played our version of the game, not only just the rules that I didn't understand that I made up or I changed, but the things that we cared about are different. And so, and that's one of the things I do like about Gen Con is you explore and you can go, oh, this is a group or this is a game that really focuses on like role play, like you almost don't roll any dice or here's one where it's very much like a tactical combat game. And, you know, here's one that's kind of in the middle, but I, I have still experienced that when I play with people and I'm like, oh, this person cares a whole lot about stuff I don't care about at all. And I care a whole lot about this and they could care less. And I, I find beauty in that. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't bother me. Like some, I, I do think, you know, it's like oil and water. Sometimes they don't mix. They're, they're not either one wrong. But sometimes your best game is if you find other people who want the same thing. So, you know, you have four glasses of water. They can play a game, I would say, in a lot of cases, better than a little bit of a mixture. But sometimes that mixture adds a little spice and variety. I'm losing the metaphor. Anyway, I want to be respectful of your time because I know you got things to do. Um, anything else you want to say about your experience? Any words of advice you would give to someone else who's thinking about coming other than don't try to walk into the Dill Hall, Hall with the wrong badge? No, the only other thing, it's not even advice. Um, it's just an observation. The thing that I was, the other thing that I was surprised or interested to find out is how many of the games are run by almost, I don't know if you'd call them professional DMs, mm. but they're like, they're almost like corporate DMs. I mean, they're mm -hmm. DMs that are being paid by some organization or another. And while I think the DM that we had for our Marvel game was a really nice fella, I think he did a great job and I enjoyed the game. He barely knew the rules at all. And then that was, yeah. that was sort of unexpected. I guess I just thought that, that was, it was going to be a little more grassroots than that. It was going to be just sort of like, you know, some Joe Schmo who just runs a game who wanted to be, be the DM and, was a passion project or something, but uh, this guy was like, here's your free dice. <laughs> I know. I, I actually, again, I would just to speak on that is I think in my experience, it's probably closer to like a 50, 50 split. A lot of the people that you play with, they are that they're like, like me, I run games at, at the convention just because I love to run games. So I will usually run one or two at all the conventions I go to, but I'm not connected to anybody. I mean, I use it to promote my podcast. Like if I, if usually I wait till the end and if it seems like everyone had a good time, I'll be like, oh, by the way, you know, I have a podcast. I teach people how to play games. Here's the thing. I run a convention, you know, 
And if everybody had a terrible time, I don't mention it. So that's kind of like, it's kind of the way it works. But especially that game in particular, because that was a launch. That was a brand new game that just came out. So there is like a corporate push behind it to try to spread the game. And that's why. But I've also had games very similar to that where I went to Origins, which is a convention in Columbus, where the same thing happened. I went there, I played a game, and it was by a group. And similar to what happened to us there, the guy's like, I I was supposed to run a different session. That GM isn't here. So now I'm running this one, even though I've not prepared it. I know the rules basically, but I I prep, you know, module A, and now I'm being asked to run module B. So that does happen. But I would say it's like less than 50% of the time. Usually you're going to either have someone who does know that module really well or someone who's just passionate. I'll be honest, I was a little worried. When we first sat down and he basically said, you know, I don't really know the rules. I'm like, oh God, this is going to be terrible. Because it was a two-hour demo anyways. Usually those are very rules focused because they're just trying to teach you the rules of the game. I was terrified that this was going to be a horrible experience for you. I was like getting nervous. And I agree, it ended up being a lot of fun but I think it could have been better if someone had been more prepared mm. to, to teach the rules, that kind of thing. Yeah. But I, you're right. The guy was super nice, accommodating. I think the rest of the table were cool. We vibed well. No one was being a jerk or controlling. We all had fun doing our little thing. But I was very nervous when he started explaining that he didn't really know the rules and didn't really know the adventure. I was like, oh, this is not going to turn out well. But it did. So happy story. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Uh, the only other thing I would say is as much as I love Gen Con, my favorite part about Gen Con is hanging out with my friends at the hotel each night. We usually gather up at the hotel seven, eight o'clock, and we play games till 12, one, sometimes two in the morning. Rocky will sometimes play till five. And uh, that is my favorite part is we all talk about the games we played in. We share horror stories. If we had a terrible game, we share like, oh, I found this game. It's really cool. I'm going to buy it. Uh, we mostly play board games. We don't really do a lot of role playing at the hotel because we want to be able to be more social and interact and jump back and forth. Uh, and just because of the way your schedule worked out, you didn't get to participate in that. Uh, so I do hope at some point you'll come back, if nothing else, just so you can get that experience with me as well. Right on. Sounds good, man. All right. Well, thank you for your time. And I will let you go. And uh, I actually will see you in two days to play some D&D at my house. Sounds great. Later, brother. Thanks. Bye. Bye.